Understood is a resource I have recommended for many years to parents looking for support with learning and thinking differences such as ADHD, dyslexia, and more. And I'm subsequently excited to tell you about their podcast, Understood Explains. This season, the show is hosted by teacher and special education expert, Juliana Urtube, and it's all about how to navigate individual education plans, also known as IEPs. They cover topics such as how to tell if your child needs an IEP, common myths about special education, and the difference between IEPs and 504 plans. I love how Understood Explains breaks down the overwhelm by unpacking an important topic each season and then drilling down further into key basics in each episode. Most episodes are between 10 to 15 minutes, and episodes are available in both English and Spanish. So fantastic, right? To listen to Understood Explains, search for Understood Explains in your podcast app. That's Understood Explains wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to Edit Your Life, a podcast to help you edit the unnecessary from your life so you have more room to enjoy the awesome. Through episodes with me, your host, Christine Coe, and a range of super smart, compassionate, and thoughtful guests, you will come away with big picture insights and practical ways to declutter your home, schedule, and mental space without getting bogged down by perfection. I have always believed that small moments and actions matter tremendously. My goal is to help you find agency and space in your life through doable baby steps that will leave you feeling accomplished instead of overwhelmed. Hello, friends. I hope you are enjoying the first episodes in the celebratory series inspired by your letters. For background, you can listen to the very first episode, Identifying Your Values. The next one following is Letting Go of the Hero Role. Today's episode is inspired by a listener letter. I received this message early last year, and they resent it to me when I made my ask for lessons learned from Edit Your Life this past fall. Here's what they wrote. Hi, Christine. I just wanted to say thank you so much for the podcast. I really enjoyed listening to it. You have inspired my words of the year choice this year, reframe and pivot. For me, this year will be a very life-changing, big, overwhelming, and amazing year. If the last three years of motherhood and life have taught me anything, it's that it's okay to pivot and reframing things is helpful. So this year, with my words of the year, I'm taking joy in doing that, pivoting when a situation doesn't pan out the way I thought it would, and reframing a situation into a positive light. Whenever I think about those words, I can hear your voice, not in a creepy way, saying reframe. So thank you for your work. I really appreciate it. I am just so grateful. First, I am honored to be anybody's voice in the ears, not in a creepy way. And I'm just so grateful for letters like this. They are so affirming of what I love doing here. And I'm also a little awe-stricken. Hearing moments of impact means so much to me. So thank you, thank you, thank you. So let's talk about cognitive reframing. I want to read a couple of definitions. I'll link this article up in the show notes, but from Very Well Mind's article, What is Cognitive Reframing? They define it this way. Cognitive reframing is a technique used to shift your mindset so you're able to look at a situation, person, or relationship from a slightly different perspective. Cognitive reframing is something that you can do at home or anytime you experience distorted thinking. 
And then here's another definition from Wikipedia. Cognitive reframing is a psychological technique that consists of identifying and then changing the way situations, experiences, events, ideas, and or emotions are viewed. Cognitive reframing is the process by which such situations or thoughts are challenged and then changed. There are two callouts I want to make about these definitions and why I selected to read them. In the Very Well Mind definition, they write, Cognitive reframing is something that you can do at home or anytime you experience distorted thinking. This is one reason why this tactic has been so pivotal, because it's helped me find agency in tough moments, and there have been a lot of them recently, wherever I am. That has been so important. And then the reason I wanted to read the Wikipedia definition is because of the way they say, Cognitive reframing is a psychological technique that consists of identifying and then changing the way situations, experience, events, ideas, and or emotions are viewed. So many of you know that working on emotional fluency is a huge thing for me. It's basically my adult life work right now. So it really struck me that emotions were specifically called out in their definition. Now, it's worth noting that while I do have an advanced degree in psychology, it is not a clinical degree. (laughs) My experience is in brain behavior and cognitive science, but not clinical. So I just wanted to underscore that today's episode is coming from me, Christine Coe, a human who has done a lot of personal work in this department. But I definitely recommend that if you need more formal and specific support, seek therapy. We'll be right back. Especially in this digital age, since we're well beyond handwritten journals and letters to convey history, the preservation of stories is so important, especially from the moms and mom figures in our lives. And if you've been looking for a way to collect those stories but aren't sure how to start, I have a recommendation for you. StoryWorth makes it easy. Every week, they email a loved one of your choosing a question prompt that you pick. For example, what advice would you give your 20-year-old self? And... What aspects of having children didn't turn out the way you expected? Your loved one responds to that email with a story of any length. You will receive copies of these emails as they are submitted, and after one year, StoryWorth compiles the stories and any photos provided into a keepsake book. A friend recently shared how moving it was that her mom gifted copies of her StoryWorth album to immediate family members, a genius idea for expanding the preservation and sharing of those stories to people in different households and generations. Give all the moms in your life a unique, heartfelt gift you'll all cherish for years. StoryWorth. Right now, save $10 on your first purchase when you go to storyworth.com edit. That's storyworth.com edit to save $10 on your first purchase. Did you know that hyaluronic acid naturally occurs in our skin but decreases gradually as we age, leading to thinner, drier skin? If you're looking for support hydrating your skin from the inside out, check out one of the tools in my hydration arsenal, Rituals Hyacera, which I take every morning. Rituals products are tested and validated by a third party for allergens, microbes, and heavy metals, and Hyacera is clinically proven to reduce fine lines and increase skin smoothness in 90 days. They also engage in industry-leading sustainability standards and are a female-founded B Corp, which means they hold themselves accountable to not just their company's financial health, but also the health of people and our planet. 
Want to join me in hydrating from the inside out? Start Hyacera to help minimize wrinkles without compromising on clean science. Hyacera from Ritual is a clinically proven skin supplement you can actually trust. Get 25% off your first month for a limited time at ritual.com edit. Start Ritual or add Hyacera to your subscription today. That's ritual.com edit for 25% off. I want to share some additional framing, and then I will move on to three tactics that I use for cognitive reframing that have all been really helpful to me as I've navigated difficult situations. So a few things about why cognitive reframing matters. First, I've been thinking a lot about a recent episode I had with Maura Ahrens-Mealy on managing anxiety with self-awareness and compassion. In this episode, Maura talks about thought traps, and it was especially interesting to me that she framed them as habits, habits that we develop and need to disrupt. So Maura talked about needing to hear the cognitive distortions in order to change the story. So even though cognitive reframes are about pivots, I think it's really important to call out our perceptions and that they are what they are, they're real, we feel them. So I want to acknowledge giving yourself the space and permission to tune in and feel whatever those feelings are so that you can then move on. The other thing I wanted to note is that any kind of change can take time. So you might need to be a little patient as you work on your cognitive reframes. It's really interesting. In All the work that I do on this, I have found that sometimes, actually many times, I'm able to reframe pretty quickly, especially if I use some of the tactics I'll describe later. But then every now and then I'll just get stuck and it takes a while and I have to keep repeating the reframe to myself and it just takes a while to stick. So be patient. Our minds are powerful. (laughs) And as I just said, related to Maura Aaron's Mealy's episode, we can get stuck. We have habits. So I also wanted to direct you to another listen, Simple and Compassionate Parenting Tactics with Dr. Tina Payne Bryson. And the reason I want to direct you to this in terms of thinking about how change takes time is that Tina is so inspirational for me. And one thing I talk with her about in that episode and have written about recently as well is that Professionally, I first interviewed her actually for an article I was writing for CNN, and it was on five ways to support tweens and teens developing brains. And there was something that Tina said in that interview and that made it into the story that just completely reframed my thinking about the timeline on parenting and how I should allocate my stress and worry. As parents, we often fret over what's happening in a given day, a week, or month. But Tina recommended specifically that when you're thinking about kids' progress, especially in times of struggle, that it's really valuable to consider, especially because their brains are changing so quickly and yet take a long time to change and fully develop. She recommends thinking about time to instead consider, are they more mature and responsible than they were six months ago? This reframe helps me fret less about the day-to-day and take a more reasonable long view on my kids' development 
And it occurred to me that it's actually very similar to something that Asha and I am sure have talked about on this podcast before relating to feeding kids. And it's that I stopped stressing about whether my kids ate a balanced, healthy collection of foods once I stopped thinking about whether that was happening every single day and instead focusing on what things looked like over a week. It just lifted the stress a lot. So I share this with the recommendation to be patient with yourself. Some of the reframes will snap into place right away for you. Others may take time and that's okay. Another important point is that this work is hard and you can't always be doing hard things. So I want you to counter your work with love. And I just want to reemphasize how important it is to look for the tiny moments of normalcy and joy. As I mentioned, I've been swirling in a lot of legitimately hard stuff. I've been kind of a wreck, to be honest, and tired, flat out exhausted, really upset a lot, spinning on thoughts. And this past weekend on Sunday, when I finally had a little time that I carved out to just be amidst the little basic things like weekend food prep, a long walk with a friend, decluttering one cabinet of linens, cuddling my dog. It was incredible. I just felt more like myself. And I actually said to John, wow, I just finally feel more like myself. And it is such a huge relief. So lean into those things. The little things are the big things. And if you need further inspiration on this, I will link up in the show notes three episodes, one on weekend food prep, the second on simple friendship reboot tactics that walk with my friend. I'll loop back to it at the end of this episode, but it was everything. And then third, tiny moments of self-love where I talk about the little things that I do that can help me feel nourished and wonderful. A couple other learnings. I have realized over the years that part of my work has involved realizing that in every situation, there is so much you don't know. As my former therapist used to say, you only know what you know. And this has been really key to me allowing my mind, which can be rigid at times, to flex into cognitive reframes. And also for me in particular, a system can really help. I rely on writing down my perceptions and reframes to help me process them. I'll talk more about that shortly, but I just wanted to mention that it might help you figure out what system helps you process best. Okay, so let's dive into the first exercise. This tactic is something I did I just kind of made it up and did it amidst a major transition I was dealing with that was really hard, like so hard I wanted to give up. This was a couple of years ago. And I got to a point where I was like, I have done so many hard things in my life. Why exactly is this so hard? So looping back to the issue with systems and finding a way that works for how you want to process, I know that the act of writing helps me process hard things. So I wanted to write things down. I also just needed to list them in some way. And so I created a simple table in Google Docs where in column one, the header was pain point. And in column two, it was reframe. 
I didn't really think that hard about it. I just brain dumped the pain points thinking no one has to see this doc. I can just let loose. I can maybe be a little bit mean, (laughs) which was actually really quite freeing. And here's the thing that happened. When I read through the list of pain points, it was pretty clear to me that there was so much change in systems and processes that were changing how I needed to function on a day-to-day level. And it was completely freaking me out, but that those things were doable to address. There were also some personal elements that felt very much like I was trying to rescue people and I couldn't. So there was some really personal stuff in here. It was both personal and logistical, which is kind of the perfect storm for who I am. (laughs) So then after I finished brain dumping the pain points in the left column, I moved over to the right column and I asked myself for each item, how might I look at this? in a different way based on what I know or what I don't know. And it was so interesting because in the nine major pain points that I identified, there was only one that I could not identify a reframe solution on. The pain point was just too big and too beyond my control. So there wasn't something I could personally do to adjust it, but everything else I could reasonably do so, not in a Pollyanna way, but in an actual, I can take agency over the situation kind of way. This example I'm going to read is just to show you the kind of thing I'm talking about. It wasn't in this original grid of nine I'm talking about specifically because I'm trying to take a little bit of care and protect that situation, but it is something else that has come up. So the pain point could be. I am hurt, angry, outraged, insulted, whatever the strong feeling is, by someone judging my value. And the reframe for me is, I know my value. I don't need to burn my hurt, my anger, my outrage, whatever else, over what I do or do not know about how someone perceives my value, because I know my value. It was really fascinating. This is such a good exercise. I can't recommend it enough. As I mentioned, all but one of the pain points that I had identified, I was either able to find a positive, more reasonable flip or an opportunity to let go of something, which was also really powerful. I hope you'll give it a try. I'm going to address a couple other exercises after a quick break. Oh, hey, everybody. It's us, Blair and Molly, your old pals from Toddler Purgatory, two moms who are also actors, who are also creative beings, who sometimes feel stuck. And now we're back with a whole new podcast about unsticking it, launching in January. What happens when life gets in the way of our creativity instead of nourishing it? We talk to all sorts of guests about how to break through the mucky, gluey, sticky, wall that can get between you and your creativity. We hear about their journeys, their successes, their challenges, and even their bougie coffee shop orders. So join us, won't you, as we deep dive into how to unstick ourselves from the life gunk that can get in the way of our creative freedom. Get out of there, life gunk. Let us help you get back to your best creative self. 
Look for Unsticking It with Blair and Molly. Wherever you listen to podcasts starting in January. Unsticking It with Blair and Molly. Because sometimes life sucks. Unsticking It. Hey there, I'm Debbie Reber, the founder of Tilt Parenting and the author of the book Differently Wired. The mission of Tilt is to change the way neurodivergence whether that's having a learning disability, having ADHD, being gifted, autistic, or some combination of all of the above, is perceived and experienced so differently wired kids and the parents like us raising them can truly thrive. On the Tilt Parenting Podcast, I get to talk with authors, therapists, educators, and parenting experts who are committed to this mission. I ask the questions my listeners are most curious about when it comes to supporting our kids. And in turn, my guests share strategies for challenges, out-of-the-box ideas for navigating school, best practices for therapies, tips for advocating, and so many thoughtful insights on what it really takes to help our kids grow up feeling seen and respected so they can create awesome lives for themselves. I know that raising a differently wired kid can feel overwhelming and isolating, but I promise you, you are not alone and it can feel so much better. If you're on this parenting journey, come listen to Tilt Parenting. Together, we can shift this paradigm and show up for our exceptional kids with hope, possibility, and joy. The second exercise I want to share is actually based on professional advice. And this is to develop a two-by-two matrix. I actually shared about this in a recent episode, a mini-edit on toxic friendships. And the idea is to create a two-by-two grid And in one direction, you have advantages and disadvantages. And in the other, doing the thing or not doing the thing, whatever it is. In the case of the toxic friendships episode, it was staying in the relationship or leaving it, but it could be many things. So I recently did this exercise and it was in another painful wave of experience. And the fascinating thing about it was in looking at this box, this matrix, a square, a two by two square in which I had bulleted items for advantages and disadvantages of staying or leaving my situation. The fascinating thing that I was not expecting was that there were more bulleted items in the advantage of staying box than there was in the advantage of leaving box. I mean, all the little things individually were not exactly equal. It was a little apples to oranges, but it highlighted that there were actually a lot of positive things in my day-to-day experience, and I hadn't really shined a light on them in the heat of my ire. (laughs) So this exercise was a really good reality check and an opportunity for gratitude and a way to really reframe my thinking to include the full scope of experience. The third exercise I want to share is something a little more personal, and it's what I'm calling a daily mantras practice. So the past several weeks, it's now probably stretching into months, (laughs) have been rough. It's been rough in a number of directions, and in the face of many feelings, overwhelm, anger, frustration, exhaustion. You can insert any number of negative valence emotions. (laughs) I started working on grounding myself in reality and countering what was basically catastrophizing with this daily mantras practice. 
Now, I had done my other exercises, the ones I've I've described here, and I'd written them down and I would refer to them sometimes. But at some level, I think I sort of started this daily mantras practice as a Hail Mary kind of thing, but it has proven really powerful in changing my ability to cope during the day. So here's what I started doing. Every morning, I check in with my weekly priorities document. This is actually a practice I picked up from Laura Vanderkam in an episode. I think it's called Making Time for What Matters. But the idea is to kind of prioritize your day. It's separate from my to-do app. And each morning, early, before I have time to overthink my feelings, (laughs) as I'm doing my kind of quick check-in on my day, I make up and type a mantra or I pick from my existing list of mantras and I put it at the top of my digital planning document. I center it on the document. I highlight it in yellow and I refer to it as a grounding touch point through the day. And these touch points have been so helpful to me. It's a little hard to explain how helpful they've been. (laughs) But the point is, whenever I'm about to go down a rabbit hole of feelings, especially if I'm really laser focused on one particular situation, I refer back to the mantra. It grounds me. I take a deep breath. I reframe. And then I move on with my day. I actually will share that I recently started sharing more about these mantras through my paid subscriber circle on Substack. So if you want to check that out, you're welcome to subscribe. It's christineco.substack.com. And one of the cool things I decided I want to do, which I'm just realizing now serves a little bit as creative therapy for me, while also providing a gift to my subscribers, is that for each mantra that I share through this subscription, I'm designing a piece of digital artwork of the mantra. And so I just deployed the first one like last week, and it was really, really lovely and very therapeutic to design it. So I'm grateful for that, truly. So the last thing I want to bring up is not an official cognitive reframing exercise, but it is a friendly recommendation. And that would be a friend session. As I said, this is not a formal tactic, but at the beginning of this episode, I talked about having a day with lots of little, wonderful, mundane seeming touch points with normalcy and joy. And one of those things was a long walk with a friend of mine. And it was so perspective giving. So this friend and I specifically went for this long walk because she wanted to hear about all the stuff that has been going on with me. And I just knew that she would get it. We have very similar lived experiences. She understands the scope of the things that I'm dealing with. And so I felt like it would be helpful to have someone who knew the ecosystem of my problems and also knew me as a human being to give me some real talk (laughs) about letting go And also give voice to my fears about scarcity. And actually, she inspired the next day, one of my mantras, daily mantras, was inspired by something she said in conversation that was so valuable to me. And so even though, yes, your friends are not supposed to be your therapists, if you have a deep and caring 
and loving relationship with someone who really gets you and who can issue the real talk and who you can hear the real talk from, it can be helpful. So that's my fourth unofficial official tactic. Friends, I hope this episode was helpful to you. You'll find the show notes, including links to resources and related episodes at edityourlifeshow.com. As ever, I would love to hear your thoughts and questions. Come say hello on Instagram or Facebook at Edit Your Life Show or send an email to edityourlifeshow at gmail.com. I would also be grateful if you would drop Edit Your Life, a review on Apple Podcasts or tell a pod-loving friend about the show. Thanks for listening. I'm Margaret. And I'm Amy. And together we host the podcast, What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood. Margaret, I would say you're sort of a where are my keys kind of mom. Correct. Sometimes a where are my kids kind of mom. (laughs) Well, you're Amy more of a we were supposed to leave 35 seconds ago, mom. I mean, touche. In each episode of What Fresh Hell, we come at a topic from our usually completely opposite perspectives. I bring the research. And I bring kind of the gimlet eye. Like, is that research really going to work, people? And almost 10 million downloads later, we're still laughing. We also talk to experts in the parenting field, plus parents with stories we can all learn from. We make each other laugh, we challenge each other's assumptions, and we have what we think is the best parenting community on the internet. Check out What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood wherever you listen to podcasts.